1 Kings 15. Now in the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam began to reign over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Abishalom. He walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with Yahweh his God, as the heart of David his father. Nevertheless, for David's sake, Yahweh his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem, to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem, because David did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes, and didn't turn away from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Now, there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. The rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? There was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. Abijam slept with his fathers and they buried him in David's city and Asa, his son, reigned in his place. In the 20th year of Jeroboam king of Israel, Asa began to reign over Judah. He reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Maacah, the daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in Yahweh's eyes, as did David, his father. He put away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. He also removed Maacah, the mother, from being queen because she had made an abominable image for an Asherah. Asa cut down her image and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect with Yahweh all his days. He brought into Yahweh's house the things that his father had dedicated and the things that he himself had dedicated, silver, gold, and utensils. There was war between Asa and Baasha, the king of Israel, all their days. Baasha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might not allow anyone to go out or come into Asa, the king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasures of Yahweh's house and the treasures of the king's house and delivered it into the hand of his servants. Then King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabramon, the son of Hezion, king of Syria, who lived at Damascus, saying, There is a treaty between me and you, between my father and your father, Behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. Go break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel and struck Ejon and Dan and Abel-Beth-Markah and all Chinneroth with the land of Naphtali. When Baasha heard of it, he stopped building Ramah and lived in Terza. Then King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, no one was exempted. They carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber with which Baasha had built, and King Asa used it to build Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah. Now the rest of all the acts of Asa, and all his might, and all that he did, and the cities which he built, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age he was diseased in his feet. Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in his father David's city, and Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his place. Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. 
He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight and walked in the way of his father and in his sin which he had made Israel to sin. Baasha, the son of Ahijah of the house of Issachar, conspired against him, and Baasha struck him at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines, for Nabad, Nadab and all Israel were besieging Gibbethon. Even in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Baasha killed him and reigned in his place. As soon as he was king, he struck all the house of Jeroboam. He didn't leave to Jeroboam any who breathed until he had destroyed him, according to the saying of Yahweh, which he spoke by the servant Ahijah the Shilonite. For the sins of Jer Jeroboam which he sinned, and with which he had made Israel to sin, because of his provocation with which he provoked Yahweh, the God of Israel, to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab, and all that he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? There was war between Asa and Baasha, the king of Israel, all their days. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Baasha, the son of Ahijah, began to reign over Israel in Terzah for 24 years. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, and walked in the way of Jeroboam, and in his sin, with which he had made Israel to sin. So, um, in chapters like this, it's very hard to find something spiritual to say. <laughs> Imagine yourself in my position. It, it, throughout the whole book of Kings, it, you can often just summarize it down to, well, he was a bad king, don't be like him. <laughs> um, so, uh, it, it's, it's sometimes interesting too, but that, that there are parts of the Bible, like for example, I remember when we were going through the book of Genesis and there was a whole chapter just about the lineage of, e of Esau. And you think, what on earth is there to say about that? And as you go through Kings, there's going to be chapter after chapter similar to this, listing the king, one or two things they did maybe, and then were they good or bad, did they follow the Lord or not, and then on to the next king. Asa, for example, he was king in this chapter for 41 years, and we didn't hear very much about him except that he was at war with the north, he got diseased feet. Um, so it, it's hard to kind of really put yourself into the position. In one sense, the lesson of Kings is, the, is an overall lesson. You know, we, we read the whole book and we look at the big picture and we get the sense of it. And by going through the chapters one by one by one, we get a heart for realizing, wow, things were really bad. Because as we keep on going through king after king and we see the effect on, on these family, like say in the northern nation, the family of Israel, dynasty after dynasty and all the assassinations and the killings, you realize what a difference it makes when people follow the Lord. There was a, a survey done um, in North America where they attempted to follow the descendants of two people. They, they tried to find a godly man and an ungodly man and they, descent, they just tried to follow all their descendants down and see what became of them all. So the godly man was Jonathan Edwards, the famous preacher, and they worked out over, it's, 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 I don't have the full kind of uh, memory of it, but my, my recall was that he'd had, you know, let's say a thousand descendants and a huge number had become you know, school teachers and, and politicians and policemen and judges and barristers and one had even become the vice president of the United States. And only a very small percentage, like 3%, were unemployed or something like that. But this other man, Max Duke, I think was his name, was a criminal and been in jail and they followed his descendants down <laughs> 
and you know, half of his descendants were also in jail and you know, 12% became prostitutes and, and so you can Google for that, uh, for that research. But it was, it's an interesting illustration into the, the generations that come about as people set themselves to follow the Lord. And here we've got the northern nation, which is, is constantly in flux. They don't follow the Lord and all the devastation that comes through. And in the southern nation, we've got some that do and some that don't, but all of them are descendants of King David. And the, it'll keep going back to say, because of David, because of God's covenant with David, and so the, the southern nation of Judah was very different to the northern nation. They only had one dynasty all the way through. But in this chapter, we're already into the second dynasty of the northern nation of Israel. And I'll just explain that in just a second. So there's something to be said for you being a person of um, you know, integrity, uprightness, following the Lord like David or like Jonathan Edwards and saying, I'm going <laughs> to do what's right. And it's going to put blessing onto your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all the way down your family line for tens of generations and maybe beyond. Uh, you know, think of the impact of David. Christ was one of his descendants. Think of the impact of that on the world. So when we do what the Lord wants, it's not just beneficial to our lives. It's beneficial to the lives of thousands and tens of thousands of people that will come after us because of us. In this chapter, we start out with, Jeroboam, the first king of northern Israel, of Israel, the northern tribe, nation, and Rehoboam, the first king of Judah, the southern nation. In this chapter, Jeroboam dies and his son, Nadab, becomes the king. He's the second king of the first dynasty. Nadab is attacked by Baasha, who becomes the third king, but the first king of the second dynasty. So now we're on to the second dynasty already. In the south... Rehoboam dies, his son Abijam becomes king, second king. Now, in lots of translations of the Bible, it's Abijah, not Abijam or Abijam. So just to make sure you're not confused. And then Asa, uh, Abijah, or Abijah dies, his son Asa becomes king, king number three. And then he dies after 41 years and his son Jehoshaphat becomes king, king number four. So in the south, we're already into king number four of one dynasty, it's always just the one dynasty of David, but in the north, we're into king number one, Baasha, of the second dynasty. So that's where we're up to. Now there's one little interesting thing that has to be observed here in this chapter, and um, because this is one of those things that atheists use to attack the Bible. <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. So um, it says here that Abijam, or Abijah, his, it says his mother was Ma'aka, the daughter of Abishalom. But weirdly enough, it also says that Asa, now Asa is Abijah, Abijah or Abijam's son. It also says that he was the daughter of Maka, the, uh, sorry, yeah, he was the daughter of Maka, the daughter of Abishalom. So it sounds like they both have the same mum and the same grandfather. <laughs> But they're a father and a son, they're not brothers. And just to make sure, I double-checked on that, and I went to Matthew's Gospel. In the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel, it lists the genealogy from, you know, Abraham all the way through to Jesus Christ. And when you get to here, it goes, you know, King David, King Solomon, King Rehoboam, King Abijah, and his son, King Asa, 
So, you know, it definitely was a father and son, and Matthew's gospel lays it out like that. It says it here as well, but here it says they both were, their mother was Maaka, the daughter of Abishalom. So, what's going on? <laughs> well, first of all, Abishalom is Absalom. It's just another way of saying it. So, you know, Absalom, the guy, King David's son, that caused so much chaos. So, yeah, that's Abishalom, another way of saying it. Now, when we were reading about Absalom, he didn't have a daughter called Marka. He had a daughter called Tamar. You'll remember that. He had a, one daughter and three sons. The three sons died. He ended up having no sons, so he built a monument to himself because he had no son, Absalom's monument. But he had one daughter, Tamar. Well, she had a daughter called Maaka. So Maaka was actually Absalom's granddaughter, and we know that because of Josephus. Josephus, who wrote the history of the Jews, and the antiquities of the Jews, he explained that Absalom's granddaughter was Maaka. And so how we can understand all of this is that in the Hebrew language, they use the word son to mean son, but also grandson, but also great-grandson. So the word son is used to just mean that someone was your father, grandfather, or great-grandfather. Someone was your direct you know, paternal uh, ancestor, basically. And the same with mother. Someone, if you say someone was your mother, it could mean they're your mother or your grandmother or your great-grandmother. So what we've got here is Maaka, the daughter of Abishalom. It's actually the granddaughter of Abishalom, but the language is fine. And then she is the mother of Abijam, but the grandmother of Asa. So that's how we explain it all. <laughs> When it's when it gets translated into English that it gets lost, lost in translation. So it's just a matter of understanding that sometimes in the Hebrew language, it could mean a direct son or a direct daughter, but sometimes it could mean a grandson or a granddaughter or like that. And that's the reason why when you go right back to the Genesis chapter 5 and 6 and, and also Genesis chapter 10, where they're talking about the father and the son, and they say, you know, Adam was the father of Seth. And, you know, Seth was the father of Enosh. And they go through all the lineage. And, you know, that they say, for example, that Adam lived 130 years and then he had Seth. And so because of all the big, long ages, like the huge numbers of years, some people have said, oh, it wasn't his son, it was his grandson. And the reason they can get away with thinking it is because in Hebrew, son and grandson, it could be either. Um, so I personally think, it, you know, back in Genesis, it was son, but here, it clearly isn't <laughs> daughter. It, you know, it's clearly some of, them are, uh, some of them are next generation and some of them are two generations. That's just to explain that atheists who read it in English and don't understand Hebrew um, are just trying to find something to, to point a hole in. But it's fine. What I think is really odd is that these, um, the lineage here of David is tied into Absalom. I think that's really strange. So if you think about this from going all the way forward, Jesus Christ <laughs> is a descendant of David, but he's also a descendant of Absalom. And isn't that the weirdest thing? So um, it just goes to show that you can be a rat bag, but the Lord can still bring something good out of it. Thank God for that. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that in some ways we're all rat bags. Well, we are, Lord. It says in, in Psalm 14 that there's no one righteous, no, not one, that no one is good. And Father, I thank you that out of our failures, Lord, that you bring good things. 
And I just want to pray, Lord, that our own descendants, our own generations would be would be blessed. And I pray that you'd help us to establish integrity, righteousness, uprightness, and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.